Welcome to Migrant Media Network Podcast, MMN Voices. This is our fifth edition in this series on migration issues. Our conversation today will be focusing on the topic of um, positive alternatives in host countries and home country, which in our area we're talking about Ghana. Hello, Jude. Hello, Ebenezer. I'm, I'm happy to have you here. Yeah, I'm also happy to be here today. Yeah, before we proceed, I would like to say a little bit about um, MMN. Okay. So MMN is short for Migrant Media Network. It's an initiative by Rogue Agency, a Berlin-based non-profit. The project is funded by the German Foreign Office and it has been in existence since 2019. So basically the goal of MMN is to help individuals make informed decisions on migration and also they aim to create awareness on safer legal migration options and also to help people avoid irregular migration and human trafficking. So MMN also promotes engagement, education and entrepreneurship and also we, we do this through workshops and meetups conducted in rural areas by local coordinators. MMN has also produced information and um, print materials that they popularly call the Field Guide Kit. You can find this material and more of our information on our website at migrantmedia.network. They are also available on social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And now, let's jump into today's conversation. Okay, so we have, like I already said, Mr. Judah Samoa. Can you tell us something small about yourself? Uh, oh, okay. Thank you very much, Ebenezer. Um, as you already said, that's my name. Mr. Jude Ejei Asamoaf. And then um, I'm Ghanaian. I came back from Germany. I'm recently on a work assignment in Ghana and then I would leave, I think, in a month's time. And basically, um, I graduated from the University of Applied Sciences in Trier with a master's degree. So I think that's okay for a brief introduction about myself. Oh, okay. So, um, lest we waste time, we want to know how did you migrate to Europe? Oh, okay. So, um, somewhere around in 2017, I think I had graduated two years ago from Cairn University with a bachelor's degree, and then I wanted to pursue my master's degree. So, um, in 2013, 2014, I had an encounter with some Germans who came on a project, and then I voluntarily joined their project. So, afterwards, I kept communicating with them. And then they um, introduced me to an NGO called um, Technology Without Borders, which had um, a project by then called Recycle Up. So working with Recycle Up Ghana, I came to know that uh, medication in Germany it's some way somehow free. I say some way somehow free because it's not entirely free. You would have to like buy certain things. Like what about tuition? But the tuition is free, tuition that's why I'm saying it. your own books. Yes, entirely stuff. free. And then you have to feed your own self and all that if you don't get a 100% scholarship. So when they presented this opportunity to me, I, I felt it's, it's a good deal. At least like going to school for free and then um, paying for your own food and books is something that at least is reasonable. So I applied. They helped me with an application, this application and everything. And then I saw myself in Germany. I think somewhere in September 2017, doing my master's degree. So your answer kind of dovetails into the second question I wanted to ask you. But just for clarity, what channels of information did you consult prior to your migration decisions? Um, okay, so I asked them about like um, how I can go there legally. And then 
what happens to me as a student in Germany, how life is for students in Germany and all of those things and also the food because I was so particular about it because changing environment and all that, the water, how the weather looks like and everything and then they were clear with me on all those things. So, so to to be sure they were clear, what exactly did they say about the, the weather and the food? And oh, okay. So they told me we have, they have like two, oh, no, four seasons. That's the winter, summer, spring and autumn. Okay. And then they told me whenever each of them comes and what happens during each of these seasons. How is it different from if someone wants to go there? Um, how is it different from what we have here? I'm okay. I think Ghana, we only have two, the rainy season and the dry season. But there, um, we have four. So, so the difference is also the winter because during winter there is snow and there is no snow in Ghana and then it's really, really cold. It gets to even minus 18 sometimes, oh, which okay. is extreme. And then it's really cold to a point where they can even excuse everybody to stay indoors because people I get cold and die it's when not they go safe outside. outside. Yes. Oh, okay, so in case some, someone wants to travel... To Europe or specifically Germany, this is these are all the things they should know. Yeah, yeah, and also most importantly, you also need to know the kind of visa you are going to and what specifically that visa grants you. Let's say you are you have a tour a tourist visa for like a week or two weeks, it's specifically for you to go and tour there as in a sightseeing something. You are going there as a tourist. You don't have to. You cannot work. It's such kind you of certainly visa, cannot so. overstay. Yes, and also you cannot overstay your 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 visa. Oh, okay. So, um, what are the opportunities that you found if you you found in Europe, and what are the challenges that exist as a migrant? Um, okay, I would say um, I would start with the challenges. The food, the food could also be a challenge at a point, but then when when you get used to it, you would be fine. What makes the food a challenge? Um, okay, so so the first time they, they my friends gave me something, it was yellowish, and then they called they, they told me it's the German soup. But then as Ghanaian as I am, like and, and obviously they were vegans, so they had no meat, no fishes, nothing in there. So are you used to it now or um yes, that's what I've I've been eating till till now. So yeah, I'm I'm used to it over the years, I think. Okay, so the challenges are basically the language, the food, the weather. Yeah, and the weather, the weather. yes. Okay. To me, that is it. Those people, different people have different challenges. What about the, the culture? Um, okay, to me, the culture wasn't um, a challenge to me because I was ready to learn something new. So now that 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 is the challenges and the opportunities. Yes. Um, there are a lot of opportunities in Europe because first of all, they have the EU, which allows like people to explore other markets um, like for um, the sake of our listeners what is eu oh eu is european union so just as we have the um ECOWAS, Af- which african is the union. african or african union yes they also have the eu european union which allows its citizens to be able to migrate to other european union countries to okay. work and explore the market and also like do businesses there for free yes so with such you can apply for jobs maybe you live in Germany and then you apply for a job in Switzerland, Luxembourg, um, France, any close country that you think you can work. Yes, you can. Okay, so that is one of the opportunities mm-hmm. in Europe. And also, um, I don't know if you've noticed, there are a lot of things that GIZ is doing in Ghana. GIZ is a German corporation. Ghana and the German um, government is also investing so much 
in 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 Ghana. There's this current grant given that's called WIDU, and then um, it's also sponsored by the German government. And then um, it's basically about getting somebody in Germany to invest into your business, okay. and then um, you also invest into it. And then whatever investment you do, you'll be given equal share of it. So let's say Jamal, you have let's say a piece of land. And then you need about um, 5,000 euros to set up um, a poultry farm. Um, you can talk to somebody in Germany and then the person convince the person to invest in you. So let's say the person gives you 1,000 euros as support and then you also have 1,500 euros as support. You add it up, you make 2,500. So with this 2,500, your goal is to set up a full farm. Okay. And then what you needed was um, a place to keep the the, the, the the pottery, which is like the coop or something, because you have the land already. So you rather invested your the money plus my money into uh, making the house, fencing the the, the, the the pottery, and also buying some some um, feeding troughs and, and other um, equipment for them. But then afterwards, the 2,500 got finished. And then you needed another 2,500 to buy the old checks. That's when we do come in to also give you that grant. And also, um, I would like to clarify this. There is a difference between loans and grants. Loans are paid back, but grants are money given for free and then they are yeah, not paid no payback. back. Yes. Oh, okay. So, these are all opportunities that... Um, so, they're not necessarily... Um, you don't really have to travel for if, if I understood you. These are some of these grants can be earned even without traveling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, it, they are grants meant for like um, people, um, diasporan people who want to support people in in, 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 in Ghana. Yeah, or, in Ghana, and it's maybe. not only Ghana. I think Kenya, Cameroon is also um, are also beneficiaries of of this initiative. Okay. And then as time goes on, they keep opening up to many um, African, many African countries. What about Gambia? Um, I'm not too sure yet about Gambia, but then uh, maybe I can find out and tell you so that you can announce it in the next podcast or yeah, something. Because MMN also started in, in Gambia in 2021, so ah yes, but then um, this thing is different from it's for, MMN. Oh, okay, okay, it's, it's okay. It's a German government thing. It's a whole different it's initiative. Not, yes. Oh, okay. It's not really an MMN thing, That's but possible. MMN is doing well by also promoting it so that people, because they are working in Ghana and Gambia, they are also telling people about this because you know. Information is very vital, and then if you don't know anything about this, you may be found wanting. Yeah, information is very, very necessary. So, um, at this moment, we would like to focus on uh, more on the opportunities that is um, peculiar to your field of expertise. Um, okay, so so I have a bachelor's degree in art, and then I have a master's degree in material flow management. Material flow management basically deals with sustainability, waste management, and things surrounding waste and waste management. Oh, okay. So basically, I, I am much interested in waste management, particularly to um, plastic waste management. So me, myself, I have um, a small recycling firm called Recycle GH, And then um, I got this initiative through um, working so much well with Recycle Up Ghana. Recycle Up Ghana is an NGO in Ghana which um, supports waste management. And also, um, so um, Recycle Up Ghana basically deals with the teaching aspect of waste management and then they also help people improve their lives through educating them and also finding and also um, coaching them in business um, activities so let's say you have a business idea in the field of environment 
you can just um, get to Recycle Afghan and then they will give you coaching and also help you on how to start up your business and all that. Does it have to be associated with waste management or it doesn't matter? Oh, okay. It should be associated with sustainability. Your your project should be sustainable. So, oh, okay. if it falls under like the SDG goals, it would be the sustainable development goals. Yes. So the opportunities in my field is that you see there is so much money in waste, but people don't know. One thing is that um, people throw away their plastic, most especially, and then um, there is something called the plastic soup. Plastic soup means that. Um, if, if plastics are finding their way into like um, the sea or a river or mm. like let's say a water body for let's say 10, 20 years, if you are getting like 300 tons of plastic in that small river, it becomes a, a plastic soup. Instead of it having fishes and aquatic oh, um, okay. animals, it becomes full of plastics. So that term is termed as plastic soup. And then um, I think that the world is getting closer to like... Um, this because we are we are having so much problems with plastics getting dripping into our water bodies. So I think it's 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 a serious thing that we all need to like put our hands on and then and then make it work as in like make good use of these plastics. So one best way to make good use of waste plastics is to recycle them. And that's when recycle up and myself also comes in. So um with ours we buy plastics from from especially women and people who are willing to keep their plastics to sell. And then what we do is we crush them and then sell them to um, other people for recycling. So they further recycle them into like other um, usable stuff that are made of plastic, like dustbins, like plastic chairs, tables, and all that. And also you can just make them into synthetic fiber, sorry, and then make clothes and shoes out of them. Also, people add them as pigments to paints. And also recently, um, the construction um, site are also making good use of plastic because they are adding it to I think they are they are mixture of concrete to create pavement blocks and all oh, that okay. so one guy in a car called Nelson Boateng also made some blocks out of plastics and, and sand and built a whole house with it so he calls it the echo house I think so I saw a the, video of it yes so these are some of the opportunities in, in plastic and waste management so we've seen how um Plastic waste can be recycled. But now looking at opportunities, let's narrow it down to employment opportunity. Let's say I'm a young person, I'm a youth in Ghana and I'm unemployed. How can I make a business out of this? Um, okay, so let me cite um, a quick scenario. In, in Germany, there is something called a P-Fund system. What, me, what this means or what happens with this P-Fund system is that so every plastic bottle, every recyclable bottle you buy, you pay, I think, a percentage to them so let's say you buy a voltage bottle okay. if it's one cd um you would have to end up paying one cd 25 pesos what this means is that when you return the bottle you get back your 25 pesos oh okay so um it's become kind of motivated to to return yeah, exactly the, the plastic waste. so people who don't care and throw them away these plastics are picked by people who are homeless and all people staying outside i have a friend who took this as a part-time business because it's not taxable and then he just picks up bottles when he's free and then goes to sell them. And then four of these bottles would give you one euro. So imagine picking like about 100 every day. You are getting about 5, 10, 15 or 20 euros or even sometimes a 50 euro every day when, when you commit to picking such plastics. Okay. So let's say answering your question as a young so boy. Are you, are you talking about the opportunity in Germany? Yes, that's, that's the opportunity that's in Germany. This is one of the advantages you can take. Exactly. To, to be picking plastics and then 
And then um, one thing is that Germans like drinking. You know, Germans are associated with beer and then they, they don't go and leave their beer and all that. So usually before Corona, I even used to pick some plastics. Usually I go to um, the Frankfurt Stadium and then at the end of the, the, the match, at the end of the game, people would drink and then out of happiness and all that, they drop their bottles. Oh. Sometimes too, if you go to some shops, they ask you to donate your bottles and then these bottles are sold and the money's gotten are donated to to fund projects and all of those okay. so it's a good opportunity so narrowing this down to ghana um before i started my recycling firm my small startup i used to pick bottles sell them to somebody a man who had this crusher and then i was gathering the money so this man told me okay if you are able to save up to this point i can give you a crusher oh okay so that's what i did and then um small small i asked my parents oh okay you have a piece of land in front of your house can i put up a structure so i saved a little bit and I, I i put on a structure on their piece of land for free and then out of the monies i sold um i had from selling these plastic bottles from this man i also added some and also uh added my savings to it my normal savings to it and then i i had my um, recycling machine so it's something that everybody can do you can start with picking up bottles because one guy contacted me from Konongo and i told him okay if you're able to gather at least a ton, I can come to Konongo and pick it up and then I pay you for that. And with this, you can start saving and start finding a land so that you can also set up um, a crashing center in Konongo and then you can be crashing. And, and afterwards, I can give you some clients to be selling your pellets too. So yes. it, I, I believe it's something that can be started as a more like part-time from the beginning. Yes. And then later, you can go into it full-time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Okay. I, I think is there anything else you can talk about the opportunities or um okay maybe I would dwell more on more on um I'll dwell more on on the we do funded because it's a grant and then I feel if if anybody has um a little um business or a startup you guys can grab this opportunity and get 2500 euros free to support your um your idea or your startup or your company all you need to do is to log on to www.widu.africa.com. Widu is spelled W-I-D-U, africa.com. So www.widuafrica.com. And then you can read their terms and conditions. And then if you qualify, you can just start. Because the process in applying for this grant is simple. And then they even have a video on how you can get it. So you can watch the video and then boom, you can start. Okay. Thank you very much, um, Jude. Thank you very much, Ebenezer. Diaspora mentor is Ernest, and Ernest is um, a university student studying his master's degree in economics and agriculture. Um, Ernest, can you briefly tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, um, I'm very happy to be invited to this platform. So as the host said, my name is Ernest. Um, I'm a Ghanaian and I'm currently a student at the Humboldt University of Berlin, where I'm studying Masters in Agriculture and Resource um, Economics. I've also been involved with MMM as a diaspora mentor since 2019. Okay, Ernest. Kindly um, tell us what migration means to you and um, how you migrated to Europe. Okay, so in its um, basic term, migration is the movement of people from 
one place to the other and the reasons why people migrate are diverse so it could be due to economic reasons it could, it could be due to in search of um, better opportunities it could be due to social issues such as wars um, inequality and poverty yeah i basically migrated in search of better opportunities through education yeah, so that's my story okay um what channels of information did you consult prior to your migration decision? Yeah, so prior to migrating, I did a lot of information um, searching on the internet. So the first um, thing I did was to actually um, look up the schools I wanted to attend. Attend. So I basically looked up universities in Germany and then um, selected an university that actually was a good fit for my profile. So that was the first step. And then the second step was um, through the embassy. So after the admission, I had to um, arrange my documents for the visa processing. And so I also consulted the German embassy. And also fortunately, I had friends who had already um, traveled outside for school. So they're also a very good source of information um, on the kind of documents I could, I could use. And any question that was um, a little bit problematic for me. Okay, um, what opportunities and, and challenges exist as a migrant in Europe, specifically Germany? Yeah, um, for me, I would say that um, the first um, pronounced problem that you face is the language barrier. Yeah, so, um, and it's very important, the language, because um, it will help you to integrate into society. And so without a language, it's a little bit difficult to um, get um, jobs and internships and also deal with everyday activities like renewing your visa or guest appointments and also interacting with the local. So aside um, the, cult the cultural shock, um, I would say that the language um, barrier was the challenging thing I encountered. Yeah. So what are also um, opportunities and challenges existing in Ghana, which is your home country? Yeah, um, so Ghana has um, an unemployment crisis currently, but then there are also emerging fields and there are also already existing potential fields like the federal agriculture, which um, happens to be my area of, of expertise. So um, as you already know, Ghana is predominantly, predominantly an agricultural um, country and 50% of the population depend on agriculture, and so um, that is one of the sectors that I feel the youth can actually engage themselves in. There's currently a lot of attention from different organizations and investors from outside, and they're all focused on the Ghanaian agricultural sector. So this is one of the platforms where there are lots of grants and funding and incubators that are trying to get people into that's so I would I would say that agriculture is not only about farming. It's not only about crops and um, animals, as people tend to um, think about. So I'll encourage them to actually look um, further into it because there are a lot of opportunities emerging in that sector. Okay, thank you very much, Ernest. And um, we'll move on to our next diaspora mentor, who is in the person of Steve. Yeah, hello, Ben. Um, can you just briefly tell us a little bit about yourself and what migration means to you? Okay, so I'm Steve, as Ben introduced me. And for 
Um, I've been in Germany for almost two years. Before that, I lived in China where I studied and I did my master's there. And then later on moved to Germany. Um, how did you migrate to Europe? I mean, you already said you were in China and how was the migration process from China to Europe? Yeah, so um, a friend of mine who was studying in China, um, I contacted him for um, opportunity to ad advance my education. So this is where I had the, the link for my scholarship. So it was through a friend and then he helped me to apply for the school and later on, I further went to the embassy uh, to start my process and then also moved from Ghana to China. Yeah. Okay, so you talk about um, scholarship and you spoke about some links that you were sent to to apply for this scholarship. Now, what do you make of um, fake scholarships that are being um, circulated on social media? Yeah, for example, I think a friend of mine encountered some agencies where they have to send half of the school fees to them, and then later on, when they get there, they get the um, the rest of the, they pay the rest of the money. Now these people encountered fraud as the the agencies on the websites were not very, they were they were not recognized. So um, sometimes you should be able to be aware of this kind of um, websites and agencies. You should be able to confirm before you make an attempt to embark on your um, your journey. Okay. Um, so what channels of information um, would you suggest that one will consult in terms of um, their migration decision? Now we are looking into, um, critically we are looking into scholarship, right? So which channels of information do you think we can get as um, prospect migrants or potential migrants and we would use this information to enhance our decision-making process in terms of migration. Yeah, for, so for in terms of migration, I would use Germany as an example. We have um, recognized scholarships like the DAAD, that, that, which is the DAS scholarship. You can also try and visit the school scholarships in, in Germany, where they also the institution also offers scholarships. And you should be very mindful when you are searching for this kind of information because there are also fraudsters around where they give fake news. You should be able to justify your um, your website. You should be able to justify your information before you make a move or before you make any payment or before you make any further steps ahead in terms of applying for schools. So, like, the relevant... Um, 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 organizations I, I I mentioned before the DAAD which is the DAS scholarship in Germany there is also institutional scholarship so you can also find schools in Germany where they also find they also offer um, institutional scholarships which you can also try and apply okay and then some of the opportunities as well and some of the opportunities to there um, they, they, they are also for example, this organization, which is WIDU, W-I-D-U. So you can check on the website, WIDU.Africa. Now, this um, this organization provides um, money for um, people with people who are into uh, microfinance. 
or, or for example, if I live here in Germany and I have a family back home who is doing a small-scale business, I can offer part of a, a certain amount of money and then also get a certain amount of um, the same percentage of my offer from the government to support my uh, family or my friend back home. There is, there, when you visit this website, there are two sectors of um, the project. There is the Corona project and also for the small-scale businesses. For the Corona project, it's mostly based on people who have lost their jobs based on the Corona. So you can write a little proposal. And for example, if you have a friend or a family relative in Germany, and I also have a relative back home, the person home would have to write a little proposal and then upload it to this um, website, which is the widow.africa. When you go to this website too, you can find more information about these kind of things. Secondly, there are also opportunities here which you can also try and get your work visa. For example, um, people who are very good with technology, which is the IT sector, the, the, you can find out agencies like relevant or recognized agencies. So you can visit also this website, Make It in Germany, www.makeit-ingermany.com. So you can visit this website, www.makeitingermany.com, where you can also enlighten yourself or get more information before you, you make a step to um, migrate to Germany. Okay, so now let's... Um, do you still have any more opportunities? Or so we can also focus more on your um, your field of expertise. Yeah, so further, my field of expertise is more about recycling. I would use my experience in China when... I was studying in China. I made an effort to learn the language and I had a, one or two investors where we wanted to um, build a channel, uh, a waste management company in Ghana. And now everything went all smooth, but because of the corona, um, things were still at the standholds. Okay, thank you very much. Um, in all what our diaspora mentors are trying to say is that it wasn't easy and um, they had to go through a lot of um, decision-making phase do a lot of thought processes to be able to gain the admission one and also um, finally get visa or residence permits to live in in Germany now um, we hope you found this discussion about positive alternatives to migration helpful in this podcast, our goal is to have honest discussions about migration so the listeners get a more complete picture of what migration is like and what options are out there. We hope to continue this conversation soon. Until then, have a wonderful time. Thank you.